Hi, this is John Molinaro, and you're listening to Vibe 105. Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. Hey everybody, this is Giancarlo Alino reporting for Vibe 105 with a sports Vibe Talk segment where we're going to be talking about all things soccer today. To help me out, I'm happy to be joined by my guest. He is a director of content at the Canadian Premier League and one of the most respected journalists in soccer in this country, John Molinaro. How you doing, John? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. And unfortunately, it's not on the best of circumstances. Of course, I wanted, wanted to talk about all things CPL, TFC, but the news came out yesterday. Uh, Diego Maradona passed away at the age of 60. So, uh, John, how, like, where were you when you found out about it? Was like your initial reaction to that? Uh, well, just at home. Um, you know, I heard the news uh, come across, uh, you know, social media and, um, you know, mixed about it, to be honest. I mean, obviously very sad uh, because he was a player who, I watched a great deal growing up and I had um, a lot of affection for, even though I'm a diehard Juventus fan. Um, so, so sad, um, but also, and, you know, I hate to say this, not terribly surprised. You know, he was someone who had cheated death before. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I hate saying this, but I'm, 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 I'm surprised he, he made it to 60 years old, just kind of the way he lived. And he had so many sort of health scares previously in his life. So uh, it was mixed emotions, but there's no doubt. I mean, this was... This was a huge uh, loss, and I think you know all of Argentina is, and all of the soccer world for that matter is is rightly in mourning over this because this is a this was a giant of the game that we lost. Yeah, it was, you mentioned they were watching him growing up. What was your first memory of watching Maradona play? Oh, geez. Um, so I mean, I'm dating myself here, but in the '80s, um, you know, a TV station in Hamilton called CHCH. Believe it or not, and this shows you how much life has changed in the media world. They had sort of the Italian language uh, uh, broadcast rights for Syria in Italy. So, and what they did was every kind of Sunday they showed they showed one game. So it's not today. It's not like today where you you can watch pretty much every game you want. They showed essentially a game a week on Sunday mornings. So Sunday mornings in my ch- in my childhood were spent with my dad in the basement watching games on, um, you know, watching those broadcasts. And uh, more often than not, uh, you know, Napoli was playing because of, of Maradona. And, you know, as a, whatever it was, 11, 10 or 11 year old kid watching this guy play for the first time, um, it was... It was eye-opening. I mean, it was like watching kind of uh, like a superhero from the comic books come come to life because, you know, what he did with the ball and the way he played and the things that he created on the pitch was just, I had never seen anything like that. I mean, we marvel today at the technique and what, you know, guys like Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo can do. And that's, and we should, because it is remarkable. But, you know, Maradona was doing it long before them. And he was... He was just a magician on the pitch. He was just so, you know, incredibly entertaining to watch. And I, I just think about what what would have been like had we had social media back then, because you know it would have blown up with him, like sort of videos of him, and he would have he would have been trending and gone viral, and we would have had memes of everything he would have done. Uh, you know, he was that spectacular and that special of a player. So yeah, for me, I, um, some of my fondest childhood memories are of Sunday mornings in the basement with my dad watching uh syria broadcast and watch him play yeah that's a great story too like just the syria coverage how much it's grown since then and even maradona you can even credit as being the guy that big star that got a lot of eyes on the italian product so 
Just when you look at Maradona, you brought up social media. Do you think social media would have had a negative effect on him? Because, of course, offside the pitch type of uh, stuff that he would do. Do you think it would uh, be a negative on him? If it, was a- it, it, pr- it probably would have been a mixed bag. I think, you know, definitely there would have been uh, a lot of negative coverage about, you know, sort of his personal struggles, what with, uh, you know, drug addiction and alcohol addiction, his extramarital affairs and, and whatnot. But I don't think there's any question, you know, the social media would have gone absolutely crazy over everything he would have done on the pitch. As I said, a lot of his goals were just, you know, highlight real stuff. And I have no doubt that they would have been, uh, you know, the subject of countless, um, you know, uh, memes and tweets and, and viral moments had there been social media back then. So I think it would probably would have been a mixed bag back then. Yeah, I agree with you. It would have been interesting. For those who are joining us here on Vibe 105, this is John Carlo Lino with a Sports Vibe Talk segment being joined by John Molinaro of the CPL. Uh, John, just uh, even like Maradona, the World Cup, everyone remembers the hand of God. What was it around that time, like watching it and just the overall fan perception? Like, were they the favorites going into that? Or was that hand of God something that may have robbed someone else from really getting the World Cup at the time? Well, I mean, I think they were considered among the favorites, but certainly not the only ones. I mean, when you look at that tournament, um, you know, Italy was coming off uh, uh, as the defending champions were entering the tournament. So you had to sort of consider them as a contender. Certainly Brazil and France, um, who, you know, played a spectacular, uh, you know, knockout game against each other in that uh, tournament. Um, they were, they had, you know, France had uh, Platini and, and Brazil had Zico. So these were very good sides. So they were certainly considered, uh, you know, among the favorites. The West Germans at the time who, you know, lost Argentina in the final, you had to sort of consider them the favorites. Um, so, you know, they were certainly considered among the favorites, but I, I don't necessarily think they were considered the favorite. Uh, but I think there was expectations that they were going to do well because Maradona was certainly, you know, hitting his stride as the best player in the world, you know, playing for Napoli. You know, as far as the hand of the God, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any question that, you know, that was kind of like a pivotal and controversial moment in that game against England. Um, you know, but on the balance of play, you know, Argentina was the better side that day. They were, they really took the game to the English and I think they were deserved winners, whether, you know, certainly the hand of God sort of helped them out. But I don't think England can have any complaint about that result because they were outplayed that day and, you know, Argentina were deserved winners. Yeah, and it just showed like Argentina, like you were talking about Italy, France, Brazil. So like Maradona being on the team, like it really improved their chances and it made his teammates better at the time. They ended up winning the World Cup. And uh, another thing, like him going to Napoli, I thought was really significant because you look at the teams that were in Serie A, like Juventus, AC Milan, Inter. Those would probably be the teams, especially then, that would bring in a Maradona, but he goes to Napoli. So what would you say that impacted, or what was that impact, you think, on Napoli and the Serie A? Well, it was huge. I mean, <laughs> there's no question about it. I mean, I remember when, um, you know, he made the move from from Barcelona to Napoli, and, uh, like, the general reaction was, you know, what's he doing? I mean, he's leaving Barcelona, one of the biggest clubs in the world, to go to Napoli, who watch kind of like a mid-table team they certainly they broke the, the world transfer record to sign him but it was still it was like okay he's coming to italy but he's coming to napoli really i mean it just seemed like a weird move um but he transformed that team and he transformed the league you know napoli as i said had never won anything before and you know up to that point it was the teams the rich teams from the north that you know dominated Serie A, whether it was juventus or ac milan or inter milan 
you know, Roma and, uh, to, uh, and Lazio to a lesser extent. You know, his arrival changed that dynamic. You know, the power base that was of Syria that was long held in the north shifted to the south. Um, and he turned Napoli uh, into not only, uh, you know, uh, a power in Syria, but also a domestic power. I mean, they won the UEFA Cup in, in 1989 and became one of the best teams in the world. So he transformed not only, um, you know, uh, Napoli, but he transformed Syria. And, and you have to remember, too, I mean, I can't sort of stress this enough. Syria at the time was the best, I mean, unquestionably, the best domestic league in the world. You had, you know, the best players in the world played in Italy. You had, you know, the best French players with Platini. You had the best Brazilians with Zico, the best Germans. You, you know, the very best in the world came to play in Italy because that's where all the money was. Uh, so this was really for him to sort of carve out his reputation as the best player in the world, you know, playing against the best players in the world on a weekly basis in the best league in the world. It really says something. I mean, we can't sort of overstate that. So, yeah, I mean, he, as I said, absolutely transformed, uh, Italian football from in terms of both, uh, you know, lifting Napoli from a, you know, kind of a mid-table team into uh, a European power and certainly transforming, um, you know, Serie A, changing the power base from uh, the north to the south. Yeah. And like another player that I think like during that time, Roberto Baggio, his exit from the game is remembered as being a little bit more positive. Then you look at Maradona, who at the time, best player in his uh, generation, neck and neck with some other guys as being the greatest of all time. His exit wasn't what you would think would be of someone of his stature. So do you think that kind of tarnished his legacy, his exit from the game? I just think I don't think his his legacy is affected by his demons on the his demons off the field or you know the way his sort of career um, petered out at the end. I mean, he was you know let's be clear, he was among the greatest players ever to play the game, um, and that's a long list because every country in the world plays the sport, and he's right up there amongst the top you know two or three players of all time. And I don't think his the way his career uh, petered out, nor his uh, off the field demons you know, hurt his legacy because if anything, I think it elevated his status as an icon of the game because it showed that he, I think people could identify with him because, you know, he was flawed and certain people are flawed too. Maybe not to the, certainly not to the same extent that he was flawed, but we all have sort of issues. And yet, you know, he overcame them and he became the greatest player of all time. And I think people could identify with that, the way he overcame, you know, what was going on with his life off the field. And that's why I don't think his, his legacy is hurt by any of that. Yeah, I agree. And a really interesting point you brought up too, because he did have his flaws. And I think that documentary that came out really, I guess it kind of gave someone a different perspective on his career at the time. Like people have to remember too, like he was really young coming into the game and especially in the eighties too, he becomes that big global icon where you have celebrities now, even yesterday, like Mike Tyson, you have like so many other players, Pele even, it's talking about Maradona as being this great player and all the attention that he had goes around just soccer, sports, celebrities. So do you think that maybe kind of changed people's opinion on him? Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, again, he was, let's not kid ourselves, he was, he was a guy who knew his worth and knew how good he was. And he was certainly not shy about letting people know that. Um, you know, I can remember watching television interviews with him uh, you know, in the 80s when he was with Napoli. And he was, you know, he had a very high opinion of himself, and rightly so. And he would, I mean, to, to, to give you an idea of, how, of the level of his arrogance, I mean, he would, re he would refer to himself often in the third person. Well, Maradona thinks this. Maradona, I mean, so that gives, gives you an idea. So, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, sort of rub people 
a lot of people like the wrong way, as did his sort of, you know, celebrity lifestyle. And he made the most of, you know, his riches. I mean, he lived a very fast life off the field. Uh, but again, I don't think, and, the, and, and I'm sure that sort of damaged his, uh, how people kind of look at him. But for me, I don't think it changes anything. I, again, I, his legacy is intact as one of the greatest players ever, ever to play the game. Yeah, I agree with you. And like, it is interesting when you hear about greatest in their sports, like Michael Jordan's another one where you hear stories about him, especially the last dance. It makes people say, wow, I didn't know this guy was really like that. Like what makes these guys who are winners and like the best in their sports, you think they would be law abiding citizens. But uh, what would you say is like the reason why these guys are the way they are? I think it's just a will to win. I think, you know, Maradona, if nothing else, you know, hated to lose. I mean, whether it was, you know, pickup games when he was growing up in, in Villa Fiorito, it's kind of like the shantytown slum that he grew up in, in in Buenos Aires, whether it was in training or or European Cup game as they were known back then or UEFA Cup game. The, the guy had this incredible will to win. And we saw that, I think, more than anything else at the 1986 World Cup. Yeah, Argentina going forward, like, Messi, of course, like everyone knows about how he looks up to Maradona. Do you think that Maradona is the greatest of all time when it's all said and done? Or do you still think like he'll be in that discussion, but he won't be like number one? Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, I really hate sort of comparing, um, you know, players, especially from different eras, because, you know, Maradona played at a, at a very different time in, in, the, in the history of the game. You know, the game bore little resemblance to the one that we see now. And, you know, from uh, – you've got to remember, too, I mean, Messi took a, takes a lot of physical abuse now, but he is somewhat protected by the referees, as I think all modern stars are. Maradona was not. Back then, I mean, he was the sort of recipient of some, like, brutal fouls. I mean, he was – I mean, in that England game in the quarterfinals of 86 – as an example, I mean, the English were merciless in like targeting him and trying to physically like, you know, abuse him. So, uh, you know, and he had to deal with that at Barcelona. He had to deal with that with Napoli at Boca Juniors. I mean, he was, he took a lot of physical, uh, you know, punishment. Um, as they said, the game is so different now. I mean, he did, he did not have the most stacked teams to play with, unlike Messi. I mean, Messi was, you know, got to play with guys like Xavi and, and Andres Iniesta and now, um, and, you know, the current crop of stars. I mean, you know, Ronaldo or uh, Maradona never had anything like that at, whenever he played and certainly not uh, with the national team. So, you know, I, I th- whether he'll be number one over Messi over time tells, I mean, I don't know. And frankly, I, to be honest, I don't think it matters. I mean, I think he will always be, you know, one of Argentina's favorite sons alongside with Messi. I mean, I think he's, will always be amongst, uh, you know, the country's favorite stars. I agree there. Uh, once again, for those who are joining us here on Vibe 105, this is Giancarlo Alino being joined by John Molinaro, the CPL. Uh, John, I just want to transition a bit now to uh, the Canadian game. And you're with the CPL. Do a lot of great content for them. Uh, write a lot of articles. Make some of their stories of some of the players out there in the open. Get fans a little bit more of a better understanding of the Canadian game and some of the players representing some of their local teams. Would you think this season with the Island Games really hit the stride of what it could have been, or do you think there's still a lot of improvement? Oh, no, I think it hit the stride. I mean, the, the fact that, uh, you know, the league was was able to pull off this competition in a pandemic sort of environment, I think is just a testament to the nimbleness and creativity and the hard work of the league. You know, a lot of leagues kind of struggled to hold, 
you know, regular season, you know, bubble tournaments or, or whatever. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, with the Island games, it was pretty flawless and kind of came out pretty, um, you know, without a hitch. So, and it, I thought the standard to play was excellent. Um, so uh, I think it's a credit to the CPL that they were able to pull that off. And do you think that going into next year, we can see a full season or do you think it's probably going to be depending on the pandemic, how it's going? I think it's too early to tell. I mean, it's going to be depending on sort of the pandemic and, you know, the league is committed to abiding by health and safety uh, officials uh, at all government levels. So, I mean, uh, that's going to sort of drive like a lot of it. So I, as I said, I think we've got to wait to see how the pandemic plays out. I mean, I'm hopeful that there will be a season, but um, it's, it's too early to predict. Yeah. And uh, on that final note there on the CPL, I really think even just covering it, like I see some of the players come up and just the quality of play, it seemed improving. You see more Canadian internationals coming in there like Michael Petrasso. Going forward, do you see the league expanding and the near future will be still a few years away from that? It's hard to say. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, especially what, with the pandemic going on, because I think, uh, you know, that's certainly going to play a role. Uh, again, too early to predict. Um Obviously, I'd love to see more teams. And, you know, I think the CPL is firmly committed to bringing in more teams, especially having a team in Quebec. But again, I think that with this pandemic, everything is is just kind of, uh, you have to just sort of wait and see. Yeah, wait and see on that. And hopefully uh, continues to grow because as we saw with MLS, as they continue to grow, more fan bases come up, a lot more uh, high quality players come up to their academies and see the growth in the country. But uh, John, how can we follow you on social media? Uh, real simple, John Molinaro, at John Molinaro, M-O-L-I-N-A-R-O, all one word. So real simple. Yeah, highly recommend that follow. And for all you uh, foodies out there, you might want to check out John's pictures over there. Some of the recipes he cooks up looks good. Uh, John, I appreciate you taking the time and really uh, honored that you spoke to us about Maradona. And I wish you all the best. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. That was John Molinaro of the CPL. Now we're going to send it back to the studio for more programming right here on Vibe 105. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.